Greetings Grapple fans and welcome to Let Me Tell You Something. We're getting closer and closer to the end with every part, well we've been getting closer and closer to the end with every passing episode since episode 2, but we're getting even closer now as myself, Lorcan Mullen and my co-host, Simon Cross, work our way through every single match that Dave Meltzer's rated 5 stars or higher and we're in the final example of the event that gets Will Ospreay slinging out five-star ratings like he's a first-year NFL player in a strip club with a pack with a bunch of ones. Yes, it's the G1 Climax. Simon, what's the first match we'll be covering in the eight matches of this tournament to gain the full perfect rating or higher from Mr. Meltzer? We are taking a look at a match on the A block between Will Ospreay and the always gorgeous, but even more gorgeous this time, Kota Ibushi. This man's been hitting the gym even harder. I didn't know that was possible. Look at him! Look at how shredded he is! He's managed to both bulk up and lean out at the same time. He's got them t-shirt muscles and that six-pack. He's a genetic freak. Uh, He's a freak in many, many different ways. He must have a tiny penis. <laughs> You're just hoping that's you've got the case. To, you've got to give us something, Kota. Or give us less of something for once. For God's maybe sake. He's got, maybe he's just got web feet. Also, just a normal cock foot web feet. At this feet. point, I think he's 36 or 37. <laughs> Why he got depressed me so early? And I think his parents are really rich. Oh. Christ. The man, the man is. If there was a genetic lottery, he won it. Mm. So Simon, um, this is the continuation of Will Ospreay's miraculous May to um, August period. He's in full bloom now, as it were, at the ripe old age of twenty-six. If he were a footballer, he'd be entering his prime years at this point. He'd be just about to angle for his big move to the top six clubs. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, really, that this tournament, and I think this whole tournament story for Will Ospreay, is that maybe in his desire to represent the juniors so um, passionately, he might have almost bitten off more than he can chew. Because he is coming into this wounded. You've got to take into account that Will Ospreay has come from a best of the Super Juniors tournament which he won, reaching all the way to the final, taking on Shingo Takagi. Follow that up with a Dominion match against Dragon Lee, where he wins the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. And then a mere month later, he's taking part in the G1 Climax. Against big, big, burly men. Against big, burly men. He's at a weight disadvantage. The first person he faced off in this tournament was Lance Archer. If that's Ouch. not a wake-up call, I don't know what is. And he's taking on a man that he does claim a victory over when he made his first move up to the heavyweight divisions of sort at Wrestle Kingdom by defeating Coach Ibushi for the Never Openweight Championship. So Ibushi has a lot to prove going into this one. And what uh, I think is um, intriguing about this is that 
they are both somewhat grounded and disciplined throughout this whole match because they are both physically not in tip-top condition. Yeah, no, Kota's uh, nursing a bad ankle. Osprey, uh, very visually, has, like, neck tape for days going on uh, when he takes off his robe. Uh, so, as a result, they've just got to both play defense. Um, Osprey still, at various points, does go high-flying, but he pays a price for it each and every time. Yeah, I, the first flying move of the match doesn't happen for, like, maybe 10 minutes of a match with a 30-minute time limit. There's a very long period on the mat, and I think Will Osprey. Um, more than anything, he's really starting to sell, uh, get across, and, and learn from his just doing little things to get the crowd on his side. One thing I noticed, like, when they get into the collar and elbow tie-up, his leg is shaking almost automatically, suggesting that he's doing everything in his power to just keep going, that maybe he shouldn't even be in this tournament at this point. Yeah. He's, he's going in with a one-on-one -on -one record, and Ibushi, who reached the final of the previous one, as is coming in with an 0-2 record. So, you know, they both need to win to really keep their momentum going and really for Ibushi to have any chance whatsoever at this point. And obviously Ibushi's got the added weight of trying to get his uh, Wrestle Kingdom loss avenged as well. So there's not that extra personal mm. edge to it. But despite that, there's not a lot of animosity in the match. Just as we said, there didn't seem to be that much in the tag team match they had towards the end of 2018 the last yeah. 2018 match to get five stars, whilst theirs was a healthy rivalry, but respect their partners, Omega and Tanahashi, respectively, <laughs> just hated each other with a passion. Yes. And you yeah, see no, that um, at the start where they both do clean breakups to the other one, with but with a little Okada-esque slap of the chest. Yeah, he's picked up that habit, hasn't he, now, Will? Well, you know, Ibushi does that. And then they go, then they just both go to the mat for quite a lengthy period of time. It's um, what I really love is how Kota changes it because it's weird. They, they they talk about like the Britishness and like the British style, but Osprey's not been a really a conventional British wrestler. However, he is employing some like British mat style escapes. He mm. does like the handstand uh, out of the head scissors. He does uh, a little bit of like cheeky bridge work. Mm. Not to be confused with the cheeky Nando's, yeah. of course. Um, and like Kota just seems a little bit like, where the what? What do I do here? How do I get? How do I like get my advantage? And the answer is a massive kick to the spine. <laughs> the answer usually is a massive kick to the spine in most situations. <laughs> how precise that was, considering he's doing it over his shoulder. Oof. Mm. But both do, uh, but also there's a point early on in that exchange where during a run of the ropes, Ibushi does the old Barry Windham, Ric Flair, and we also saw it with Shibata Okada spot where Osprey goes for a drop down. Instead of doing a run of the ropes and a big, like, super fast exchange, which you'd expect from them, Ibushi just goes straight down into a headlock. Tanahashi's good at that as well. He mm. does that more often than not. I think, yeah, he did. maybe it was Tanahashi, not Shibata. That did that to Okada. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, Tanashi just loves the headlock. But then they do do their traditional indie exchanges, standoff. Both have tried to hit their finishes early on. It makes sense because they both just want to get the win at this point and, and stay in contention and also not punish their bodies too much because they don't really go all out for a very long stretch of the match. Yeah, 
get them two points and get straight into the ice bath. That is yeah. in, that is clearly the game plan. Uh, and maybe that's why Coat is so willing to go along with the ground game as well, because it's it's not really his thing. No. Mind you, it's not really Will's either. And they also do limb work to the damage thing going into the match. Like Osprey attacks uh, Ibushi's knee on the apron, does a knee breaker on the barricade and ring, rams him into the ring post. Like classic 80s limb work he's doing you know the jumping off the bottom rope on to sit on the leg yanking at it pulling at it you know just doing all the classic like everything you see rick flair doing in the 80s or owen hart when he did it to bret hart at wrestlemania at 10 he's like nearly dusting off every knee spot that owen does in that match and on the other side of the coin you've got kota doing the head scissors the, the head cravats. triangle that cravat that looks that like, he wrenched that a little painful that day. yeah and that necklock with his with his legs like the head scissors he rolls away from the ropes on several occasions so that osprey can't get to them to the end, osprey has to get power him up into an electric position uh, an electric chair position and feels the effects of that because that's all loaded on the necks till he escapes, mm. but he had to strain his neck further to do it. And so then, and then very often now it seems like Osprey will up the pace because he needs to get some control in it. And so after that, he does do like a handspring uh, spin kick. And that is the first flying move of the match. And that's not even from the top rope or anything. That's just a, not just a handspring, but you know what I mean? It's a grounded <laughs> leap. And yeah, and it does. It doesn't really have the usual desired effect of speeding things up so much because he does a flight, basically a flat back onto his back. Uh, funnily enough, he, uh, he he starts grabbing at the neck and he's yeah. wincing in pain. He's he's yeah. not feeling hot to trot. He can't build as quickly as he usually builds. Yeah, and so it's like every move takes a moment to to reassert himself and. He's not really hiding from his opponent that he's in pain. Yeah. You know, he's not like Ishii trying to prevent him from thinking he's showing a weakness. He's all weakness in front of his eyes. <laughs> um, uh, and then he goes for Pip Pip uh, Cheerio and Ibushi's able to dodge it. And then it's just a series of dodges of like uh, spin kicks and he misses a moonsault. Uh, then Osprey's finally able to hit Pip Pip Cheerio, which sends Ibushi to the outside, and Osprey follows that up with a space flying tiger drop. So they finally start loosening up and going for the big moves because it has a sense of, well, we tried to do things the more natural, grounded, conservative way, but, way know, and we've just wasted time. I'm, I'm Will Osprey, your coach Ibushi. We've got half an hour. Let's do this thing. Well, they've only got 20 minutes at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. So and that's, that, I, that makes sense because Will Osprey then immediately goes for a stormbreaker on the inside, which uh, Ibushi's able to block. And um, just some of the counters. Yeah. Not long after this, Kota hits. Um, Will goes for the flip kick, and yeah. Kota catches him and just Germans the shit in, out in of him. In one fluid motion as well, isn't it? Yeah. He, just, he um, just uses the momentum. He catches him at the perfect time. And I think because he's not snapping, it's not like a simple arch. It's like a, a longer arch. Mm. Because uh, Will's already quite high in the air when yeah. he gets the waist lock, so he launches him. Yeah, brutal move, L- love it. And uh, then he goes for his uh, big power bomb to try and just put him away, but uh, Will wriggles out of that. Well, he also he targets the ankle whilst he's doing that to escape. That's some old Japan shit, there, man. That's some King's Road psychology. <laughs> well, Kota's ankle is obviously injured pre-match as well, so that's that's. Will, Will going back to his limb work too. So I also love how Will Ospreay counters one of um, 
he counters one of Ibushi's trademark counters. Because Ibushi will go for a, for a kick to the chest when the person's seated. That person will instinctively evade it by lying on the mat. And then, Os- then Ibushi will immediately turn that into a standing moonsault. Instead, off of that, when um, when Will Ospreay ducks it, essentially. And so, Coach Ibushi's turn with his back to him for a moonsault. Uh, Osprey immediately catches him for a roll-up to try and get a pin out of him. But the fact they're going for those quick, like they're taking those quick snatching moments to get the pin rather than try and hit and move, just again points to the desperation like uh, Will has to end the match early. Mm. But yeah, you just this is where we get into the combination of finishing stretches of big moves, big moves, and also occasionally the way that one can turn the tide is to attack the other one's weakness. So with Will Osprey, that is. Um, attacking the knee with a hard stomp onto it and, and kicks. And Ibushi, in return, will um, will just suddenly chop the neck or something like that, or hit him with a reverse pile driver at one point. Oh, that's like a counter out of a Stormbreaker, isn't well, yeah, it? This like, is the way like I've a got drillery it, yeah. type of thing. Osprey goes for a spin kick. Well, he does his spin kick against Zaguri, goes for a Stormbreaker, and like you say, Ibushi catches him. Then he hits the last ride for a long, three, a long two count. A long three count would be weird. Um... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that that um, when they're fighting in the corner, Key uh, um, Ibushi kicks the back of Osprey's neck, but Osprey's and then uh, Osprey's is is it Ibushi or Osprey that hits the cheeky Nando's? I'm trying to remember now. It is Will that hits the Will cheeky Nando's. Will does manage to get yeah. to cheeky Nando's though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's it because yeah because Coach Ibushi's climbing the ropes. Osprey goes to stop him. Ibushi targets his neck. But Osprey's able to put him in position for a cheeky Nando's. I think he like manages to grab the arm and just yank him so he's arched over. So mm. the Nando's quick. Uh, but then he um, will go straight in to try and uh, get hold of the get the Stormbreaker on the go, but can't get it again. Uh, but he hits that massive that spinning power bomb. Oh, it's got mustard on it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, and then and then Osprey's going to the top to to get it, but Ibushi holds onto his ankle. Um, I do like that spot. It was like Okada did it to Sonada in that how the hell did this get five stars match? But it's a, it's a good sign of like a desperation of like but knowing that they're they're in trouble. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. Coates uh, just had to slow the pace down and that's why he grabbed the ankle. And if Will's got a, like an aerial a height advantage and well an aerial advantage, I was right the first time. You're knackered. Yeah. You just are. Uh, um, a coach like hits like a um like an even better version of the flip kick. I think that's sort of like a back somersault e flip kick rather than the front one. We're all with the technical words, aren't we? Ah, uh, um, well, yeah. I love this uh, callback coming up where Osprey goes for the um top rope tree of woe, uh, top rope os cutter, which means he does it in the corner instead of off the in the mid like in the mid springboard, like like a lion salt or something like that. And uh, Ibushi's able to block him, and he's caught in a tree of woe position, which was a position that Osprey had Ibushi. And Ibushi actually takes some time to toy with Osprey in this moment. Like, there is that, you know, frustration that both have with yeah. each other. So then they just get into a slap fight, even though Osprey's upside down. Which is it's great, because like obviously, a, like. It's almost like a big brother situation where you'd have your younger sibling in an awkward position. And you kind and of just start wailing. Them. And they yeah. will try and get you, but you're just like, nah, you're upside down. I can just slap you. What are you going to do? Uh, but then he does get Stop serious. You almost made him start hitting himself. Yeah. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. What are you yourself. hitting yourself? What are you hitting yourself for? 
But then he does get serious and starts using um, Will's torso as a speed bag with those like rapid kicks. He just yeah. lights him up. Oh, Kota is just um, like it's the speed of his kicks. I that's that's just know, the most impressive. They thing. must know like fleshy parts of the body that don't that make a great sound but don't hurt that much. They must know something because otherwise they're just sadists. Yeah. I think you just got a kick where bone isn't. I think they know that there's like a certain part of the chest that makes a great r- ringing sound, but it it's just below the collarbone. Yeah, it doesn't hurt as much as it could. Yeah, because we hit the collarbone again. It, again, it's like obviously cr- not a lot of flesh covering a lot of a very important bone. Yeah. But if you go underneath, you got a peck. You're fine. Yeah, it's like how if you you know tattoo different parts of the body is different levels of pain. You know. Yeah. Again, uh, anywhere fleshy is what you want there. Well, that's most of my body. <laughs> you say we're going to see you on tattoo fixes in two years' time. Have you got tattoo? No, I do not. Would you get a tattoo? Uh, probably not. It would take like the right thing to like line up and me go. Yeah, I definitely want that, and that means this, and blah blah blah. But Did you ever think about it? I toyed with the idea at one point. Student. It was around teenage to student age, yeah. It's funny. I, I was saying, like, I think the great in, uh, business investments uh, of recent years for future dividends would be tattoo removal services. Because <laughs> at some point, it's not going to be fashionable anymore. Uh, I'd say it's going to be more, in the short term, at least, um, ear reconstruction. Mm. Because, like, that's, that's, you know how people have stretched their earlobes out? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how a lot of people, like, want to go back. Uh, that's where the money is, I think, right now. It's weird how, um, it's weird to think that, like, in 50 years' time, in all these old people's homes, there will be old men with sleeve tattoos and, and old ladies with tramp stamps and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's the face tattoos you see in some people. It's like, oh, I mean, it's... I mean, you've got great skin now. It's got elasticity, but that's not going to last. <laughs> not, nor will the neck and, and the bodies of Will Ospreay or Kodri Ibushi, but let's enjoy them whilst they have them. Um, There's a finite resource if ever I saw one. Yeah, so Ibushi goes for a top rope dragon suplex. Uh, uh, Osprey blocks that. Um, Ibushi goes for a somersault, lands on his feet, and then follows up with a Pele kick, I think. That's the one. Uh, tries the German suplex off. To be fair, they do like all the... They, they they tease all the crazy, insane, risky, body-destroying moves that they usually do. But I think they pretty much avoid nearly all of them. Like, Os- you know, Ibushi does his second rope German suplex insanity. But Osprey does the somersault Flip out. out of it, yeah. He sort of lands on his feet and his knees, I think. Maybe slightly like too so much... I think- Hour. I wonder if they wanted to do the cool move like he like he's done before, like he did in the in the tag match before, you know, where he had that awesome shot of them both. There is a tiny or, disconnect or when he did it uh, with Dragon Lee off the apron, but maybe there's just so much wear and tear over the past couple of months. Yeah, he couldn't do that anyway. Yeah, I think they were going for that because there is a slight ooh. In the in like yeah, in the vibe, does sort of, of delay his reaction to turning around and turns right into a hidden blade in the face. Oh, 
the move that pinned him, obviously, at Wrestle Kingdom as well. So there's significance. Yeah, and and Kotobushi isn't able to kick out. He's merely able to get his hand on the rope to block the... <laughs> In the most the casual manner I've ever seen. That is so Kota. Just how he drapes it on. Red Shoes sells it, though. Red Shoes is the one that sells, like, the... Um, the like the oh my god he's got the rope kind of thing in that moment mm. which i think is really good on red shoes part because i get what kota was going for mm. like i barely made it but it did have a lot like, a little casual air to it mm. red shoes covers that with just doing being red shoes basically uh yeah so the os cutter uh there's a point where he tries it ibushi escapes straight jacket suplex he attempts but then osprey turns that into a high kick he escapes and hits a high kick then he hits the os cutter and that gets a long two at the 25-minute mark. Uh, he tries the Stormbreaker. Ibushi lands and hits a standing knee. Tries to follow that up with a Kamigoye, but Osprey's able to dodge that and hit the hook kick. Osprey goes for a suplex, to, um, and um, Ibushi turns that into a Michinoku driver slash Falcon Arrow. That gets a long two count. Um, Osprey... Escapes an attempt at doing the lawn dart, and then Ibushi runs into a standing Spanish fly, and then Osprey goes for the hidden now hidden blade that won him won the match against Ibushi, knocked him out. Same positioning as well. With Osprey, yeah, removed the old him. elbow pad as well because obviously he's hit and a hidden yeah. blade already in this match, but that's with the padding on his mm-hmm. elbow. But as he charges, uh, Ibushi's able to hit a back elbow to stop it. Well placed, huge well. lariat puts the knee pad down. Does the Nakamura yow pose? Bomaye, that doesn't get the three count, but he keeps him up for the Kamagoye with three minutes left, and that gets him the three counts. Uh, he does pull his. Does he pull his knee pads down before the Bomaye or after? Yes, before remember. the Bomaye, yes. So he's got that extra little bit of, like, yeah, you know, yeah. edge. Um, I, well, one thing that surprised. The one major note I made after this was that the, surpri- the crowd was surprisingly subdued for long stretches of the match. They weren't as molten as you would expect them to be really um i don't know why but that just was a situation i can i can semi understand it because i had a little bit of all oh, this is different in the first 10 minutes and even though they do go to m- more into their they classic loud, but they never go fever pitch to me yeah i know i mean um in, in, i mean in terms of the wrestlers it, mm. they obviously start so different to how you would expect Bushi and Osprey to start and whilst they do go more towards what they do uh, their classic moves and stuff like that it still feels like they're not doing that and maybe the crowd was just a little bit expecting a cl- like what in their head would be a classic Bushi osprey match yeah. like they're expecting more Which they did get towards play. the end but it was, actually, it was still a more disciplined and subdued one like I say because they're working a long tournament schedule and the story going in is they're both already wounded yeah, and I think that's one of the good things about this match is because they're both selling injuries, it slows it down and it makes the moves matter far more. Uh, if it, things have got room to breathe in this. It, it really, like, I think it's really good psychology. The like, way pacing they tell and this. psychology has almost been forced upon Will Ospreay. <laughs> or maybe Will Ospreay's not as badly hurt as he looks like. Maybe he is just selling fantastically well. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't feel a thing at the moment, you know? And I think um, when you move from the junior heavyweights to the heavyweights, I think that is something you've got to maybe, like, be more conscious of is mm. selling. Mm. Because junior heavyweights, in, as well, especially what we've seen in recent times, yeah. it and is maybe... a speed game. 
Sorry. And maybe also because they're in the main event scenes more often, they have to carry more emotional weight with the audience rather than just having to be a fun spectacle in the mid card like they usually are in the juniors. I think you know, nailed to get a crowd hot as opposed to get a crowd to cry and emote as much. Um, would you give it five stars? I would. I really, really enjoyed it. I think the way they. It's it sort of because it's not what I was expecting, because I think the psychology of the match was so good, it simultaneously got more out of them and accentuated what they already have mm. in terms of ability. I, I think it's a, a perfect showcase. I thought it was exceptionally good, but not quite five stars for me. Okay, okay. Mm. I, I feel like maybe they'll they'll have another better match. Like this might be a future G one final. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I could easily a, or see a that Dominion main event, maybe even a Wrestle Kingdom main event. But I could, you know, I could definitely see these two uh, dueling a few more times before Ibushi has to hang up the tights. So you're saying this isn't a moose bush, and you reckon as a main course? Maybe, gonna... maybe, maybe. I think this is very much Will Ospreay's coming out party. And it's a sign of he's going to be a big deal in a year or two's time in the heavyweight division. Not quite there yet. Maybe he's bitten off more than he can chew by trying to be both, trying to play both divisions at the same time. Mm. But when he makes the final commitment to the heavyweight division, he'll be slaying everyone that's in front of him very often. Do you reckon that will come... After next year's Best of the Super Juniors, maybe something will happen. I there. wouldn't be shocked if his Wrestle Kingdom Junior Heavyweight matches are the last time he, he's in the Junior Heavyweight division. Yeah, wouldn't shock me. Um, but Simon, where are we going to go for our next G One Climax conflict? It's a little uh, bit well, different, isn't it? A bit of a change of pace as far oh, as styles go. It's a change of styles, but it's not that far removed. It's 24 hours later, uh, and we are watching uh, quite possibly one of the most pre-hyped matches in my head on this list, knowing what I know now, as it's uh, Tomohiro Ishii taking on the G1 debutant, John Moxley. It is the champion versus champion, baby. Yes, never open weight versus IWGP US. It is also the first and so far only five-star match to involve any member of the Shield. Ooh. I so bet he calls some... him up and tells him yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that was exactly what would bother Seth Rollins at this point. Uh, but if people want to get in touch with you, Simon, to discuss what things could annoy Seth Rollins, what will they? What can they do? Uh, people can get in touch with me on Twitter where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Free, because if you tell Seth he was third out of the... Uh, in the ranking of members of the Shield, he will probably lose his ever-loving mind. And tweet some really nasty shit. <laughs> My name's Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for adhesive tape, N for neck. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd. If you put that gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. If you want to get in touch with the show, it's lmtyspod at gmail.com. Lmtyspod is also our Twitter handle. But there's nothing left to say at this point except that my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time. <laughs>